All right, so tonight we are wrapping up our three-part series called Addiction. Last week while I was away, I did miss you, but I was at the beach with my family, so I didn't miss you like a lot, just a little bit. Uh, Last week while I was away, Mama Lynn spoke. Y'all give a shout out to Mama Lynn. And I know she talked about our addiction to affirmation, how we're constantly looking for somebody else to validate us. And the true source of our identity and our validation should come from Christ, not from man. In week one, I talked about our addiction to distraction, specifically how we've become slaves to our screens. And I want to encourage you, again, find some ways to detox, take some steps back. Don't become technology zombies. In the course of this series, we've not talked about addiction to uh, substances, alcohol or drugs. We've not talked about addiction to pornography or any of those things. However... They're very real. People in this room are struggling with those things. People that you know, uh, good friends or family. And so I just want to reaffirm whatever you're struggling with, whatever addiction you may be facing or someone that you love is facing, you shouldn't face that alone. And if you grabbed a handout tonight, you see I've just got three blanks for you. uh, And I want you to to just write this down first. Nope, that's gossip girl. (laughs) Conquering addiction requires community. Conquering addiction requires community. So whatever you may have going on, whatever somebody in your life may have going on, you're not going to beat it by yourself. If you're that person who's been sitting there struggling over and over and over and you can't figure out why you can't get out of this weird spiral, it may be because you're trying to do it by yourself. And so I just want to encourage you tonight to take a step to have a conversation with somebody. Uh, we've got great adults here who are group leaders, and you will go to groups in just a few minutes. Maybe you can talk with one of them. You can come talk with me. Talk with one of your friends who's here tonight, a teacher, a coach, a parent, somebody that loves you. Get some help. It requires community to overcome some of these things that we are going through. Um, tonight, we are going to talk about gossip. Uh, and you may go, well, that's weird. Like, gossip is not something that people get addicted to. I think we do. Because here's what happens. You hear like the little kind of juicy morsel. You kind of hear it coming through the grapevine. Hey, have you heard? Did you hear what she said? Did you hear what he did? Oh, you hadn't heard? Let me tell you. And see, there's some kind of knowledge. There's some kind of power that comes. You haven't heard? I've heard. Come on, let's be in this together and I'll tell you. And you just, you like that. There's a rush of feeling required or necessary to share this story and being in. And for those of us who have sometimes felt like we're on the outs, being in is kind of nice. And so we'll just... Pass this stuff forward, we'll pass this stuff forward. The gossip industry is quite financially lucrative. If you've ever checked out the grocery store, right? mostly you probably played on your phones, we talked about that in week one, but if you ever look up from your screen long enough, there's dozens of magazines that are completely devoted to gossip from Hollywood. Does it, like, maybe you really care about the lives of the rich and the famous in Hollywood, and if that's you, like, no shame. I don't get it, I don't see those people, I don't interact with those people, they're like, did you hear what so-and-so? I do not care. I couldn't tell you who they are. Couldn't tell you what movie they were probably even in. Like, we get so caught up in the gossip about Hollywood. And you're like, that's harmless. Like, maybe. But I'm talking more tonight about the gossip and the slander and the, just the evil things that we say about the people in our orbit here, not just out in Hollywood. And so write this down for me. This is number two tonight. Gossip is a destructive sin. Gossip is a destructive sin. 
I think what we'll do is we'll just like, it's harmless. It's just, hey, it's, we're just sharing kind of what's going on. And if you're at church, we have a special name for gossip. We call it prayer requests. Hey, y'all, we need to pray for so-and-so. Did you hear? Blah, 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 blah. We just love to talk about it. And there's almost like a, a justification that we need to pray for them because they're out doing this. But I would never. That's, you might not say that last part, but you think it. I'm a better person because I would never. Stop and think for just a moment. Stop for just a moment. Think about the worst low point moment you've ever had. Maybe the worst thing you've ever done. Think about it. Don't say it out loud. Worst moment. Worst thing that you've done. Let me say two things to you about that. One, if right now you are just drowning in some shame and some just over, like you, just, you feel like you want to melt into the floor, that does not come from God. Your worst moment, he knows about. And he still loves you and he still sent Jesus to die for you. So remember that. Now two, imagine if people started talking about that worst moment. It just became like wildfire spreading throughout your friend group, spreading throughout your school. And for some of us, we've been there. Doesn't feel good, does it? And some of us, our chest gets tight to even think about, oh man, if people knew. But what we do is, when it's somebody else's moment, we don't feel that tightness, so we'll just pass it right along. Gossip is a destructive sin. It will wreck your friendships. It will ruin your relationships. And when we do these things, it's sinful. It is. Well, what does the Bible say about it? Hey, thanks for playing along. I'm glad you asked. Let's take a look. In Romans chapter 1, and then at the beginning of chapter 2, it says this. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. So gossip isn't just like its own, like one little small itty bitty thing. It's in a list with some pretty serious stuff. You know, murder, kind of a big deal. These things matter. And then Paul goes on to say at the beginning of two, we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. So you're like, Kevin, why are we talking about this? It's not a big deal. Well, according to the Bible, it is a big deal. The way that you live your life, it matters. These are sins, and sins separate us from God. And any sin that separates us from God, we've got to talk about it. It matters. It matters. So that's Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament. What about Jesus? What did Jesus say about this? Well, in Matthew 12, Jesus said, You must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So it's just you and your close friends, your crew, your besties, whatever you call them these days, and you just start saying stuff. You know what this is like. You start saying things, you're like, why am I even saying this? Like, I'm just talking to fill silence, and you just start saying stuff. Those idle words, those throwaway conversations that you don't really think a lot about, they matter. You're accountable for those things. And hey, it's not just the things you say out loud. In our technologically driven age today, the things that you put on social media, even if you think no one will see it, they might. Even if you think, after 10 seconds, it goes away. It doesn't. You are accountable for the things that you post, the things that you say. And if you are out here just taking shots or passing along the rumors, gossip and slander, that's evil. It's a destructive 
sin. You are accountable for that, and you need to think about it. How about the Proverbs? Most of which are written by Solomon, which the Bible tells us is the wisest human being who ever lived. Let's see what the Old Testament has to say about gossip. It says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. You know what this is like. Somebody you were very close with at one point, and then the rumors start, the slander, the gossip, and it can wreck a friendship. Without any context, if you've ever had a friendship ruined because of things that have been passed around, would you just do me a favor and raise your hand? Put them all the way up. Look around the room. That's a lot of us. I would say it's at least half of us. The Bible, which some people think doesn't have a lot to say to us about life today, this is thousands of years old, written by the wisest human being who ever lived. He also says this, fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when the gossip stops. It's amazing how when we stop just talking behind people's back and spreading things that may or may not be true, it's amazing how some of that strife and that brokenness in the relationship can disappear. And really, this goes all the way back even to the Ten Commandments. This is the Ninth Commandment. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Put it another way. You must not lie on your neighbor or say things that are slanderous about your neighbor. If you're out here saying things that you don't know if they're even true, and even if they are, they're destructive. I mean, I've just shown you from... Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, back through Jesus to Solomon to the very beginning in the Ten Commandments here. The Bible is clear. We have no business being involved in gossip. If you're in this room and you call yourself a Christ follower, like, hey, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Savior, you have no business being a participant in gossip. And I'll go a step further. If you're just the person who's standing there, and maybe you didn't start it, but you're just like, man, that is pretty juicy. I'm, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to listen. I think you have a responsibility to step up and shut that down. Well, wait, like, but now what if they start talking about me? What if they do? I'm telling you what's right and what's easy aren't always the same thing. And most of us in this room have stood in a group of people and listened to someone else's character be assassinated, and we didn't want to take the risk of it being us, so we just stayed quiet. I'm just suggesting to you that we need to step up. James 4, 17, you can look this up on your own time, says that to know what you ought to do and not do it is sin. And we've been talking about that. Sin separates us from God. It's a big deal. Uh, I want you to write this down. This is number three on your handout. My words matter. My words matter. And you might not think that the things you say are that important, but we've already seen that Jesus said every idle word you'll give an account for. But the things that you say can make a tremendous impact. Not just me as a pastor who stands in front of people, not just Perry or JC or Josh, not just, you know, the popular person, you. The things you say, they matter. You can make a tremendous impact on someone's life for the positive or for the negative. Let's jump back to the Proverbs again. This is Proverbs 18, 21. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Some of us in this room have a tendency to say a lot more words than some of the other people in this room. That, that's me. James 1, 19, if you want to write this one down, also says that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. But we've got to think about this. What you say, you can speak death or life over someone. 
That seems pretty dire. Like, what does that mean? Just the way that you address somebody, just the things you say to them, something simple like holding a door for someone and saying, hey, it's really good to see you, smiling at somebody. That you may, that's, that's so silly, that's so simple. They may not feel like there's anybody else in their life who's ever actually happy to see them. You could be speaking life over somebody into you. It's just normal. It's just kindness. Well, we're called to be a people of kindness. But the flip side is you not thinking it's a big deal, just passing something along. Yeah, did you hear that she? Yeah, I heard he. Man, you could be speaking death over somebody. Because this stuff always comes back around. If you've ever had a rumor go around about you and it gets back to you, you know that feeling of it just sinking down in your chest. I've been there. I've had awful, hateful things said about me. And it's easy to, to do that. We'll go, I don't care what people think about me. You're a liar. You do care. Now, you might not want everybody to know that, but you care what people say. You care what people think. Some of us more so than others, but we care. And man, sometimes you get alone in your car or you get home alone laying in your bed and it just, it just hurts. And maybe you cry or maybe you are coping in other ways. I'm just telling you that if you think it's harmless just to pass on the gossip or pass on the rumor or even pass on something that you know is true but it's hateful and it's hurtful, your words matter. You could be speaking death over somebody and it's serious. I want you to see this from the book of James. Uh, this is kind of our main passage. I know we've been looking at a lot of different verses, but uh, James chapter 3, and this is my quick plug to tell you guys, uh, in a couple weeks, when we get through with the night of worship, we're going to go into a detailed walk through the book of James. We're just going to go week by week and see what the book of James has to say. And I always tell people this, if you're looking for a place to start reading your Bible, you're like, mm, I haven't been reading it like I know I should, where should I even start? Check out the book of James. I think it is one of the most practical books. It's not one you're going to read and be like, I don't know what I should do from this. It's super clear. And we'll go verse by verse for about 10 weeks through that book. But that'll be sometime in November by the time we get to James 3. Let's look at it together tonight. It says, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that's not right. It's easy to come in here on a Sunday and sing about the brambles of Horeb and sing about the thousand names of God and God is good all the time, all the time, God is good, amen, hallelujah. And you turn around, you go out here and you run your mouth about somebody and you gossip about them and you say things that aren't true or even if they are, they're hurtful and hateful. And so blessing and cursing are coming out of your mouth at the same time and the Bible's very clear, that shouldn't be the case for us. If you wonder why people out there don't get this Jesus thing, at least part of that equation is that the people who claim to represent him don't look anything like him. And that's you and that's me. We have to do better. We have to be cognizant of the fact that our words matter. The way you speak to your parents, the way that you speak to your siblings, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your best friend, your enemy, your teachers, a custodian working in the halls of your school, the homeless person on the street, your words matter. 
And if we're going to say that we represent Christ, we've got to be consistent. We can't come in here and try to praise God and turn around and tear down those people who are made in his image. Stop and think about the words you said just this weekend. Just this weekend. The people you've spoken to, the people you've talked about. You speak in life or you speak in death. You feel good about the things you've said. You feel like you would be comfortable facing Jesus with the things that you've said. I'm not trying to scare you or intimidate you, but you will stand before Jesus one day. All of us will. We've got to be a people who reject gossip, refuse to pass it on. And in fact, if you want to take it to that master's level, some of us need to have some courage and conviction to step up and say, hey, that's not right what you're saying. Stop. And yeah, maybe they are going to then shoot those arrows at you. Love people enough to be willing to step in and take that for them. Jesus was gossiped about. If you're familiar with what it was like at the end of his ministry on earth, they lied on him. They slandered him. They said that he did and said things that weren't true. And they killed him because of that. And you're like, well, I don't want to step up and step in for somebody else. It's literally what Jesus did. We believe that Jesus stepped in and took the punishment that all of us deserved. Because he loved us enough to do that. And maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. I just want you to understand. He loves you and he wants that relationship with you. And he knows what it's like to have people lie about him and say things that aren't true. If you are participating in these things, I want to challenge you tonight to repent, to turn from doing that. If you are guilty of just standing on the sidelines, again, I challenge you to repent. And I challenge you to pray and ask God to give you courage and conviction to stand up on behalf of others. And if you are somebody who has been gossiped about and lied about and made to feel some kind of way because of the things people are saying about you, please hear me. You are loved. And we are here for you. I want this to always be a place where you feel like you can belong, where you can talk about those hurts and those things that are going on in your life. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to invite Jacob and the band to come on back up. And they're going to play a song. And when they, when they come to play the song, the temptation is for you to check out and go, well, message is over. All right, cool. Let me start thinking about dinner. Let me start thinking about getting to group. What am I going to... We're not very good. I don't think about just being still and considering what the Spirit of God wants to say to us. And so we're going to take just a moment before, before they start singing, before I pray, go ahead and get comfortable. If you've got some stuff you want to sit down, you, 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 know, you don't want to be making a lot of noise. I want us just to take maybe 60 seconds to be silent and consider what does the Spirit of God have for me tonight? Maybe he's convicting you about being a participant in some of these negative conversations, speaking death over people. Maybe he's trying to tell you, hey, you need to talk to somebody tonight about this other thing. Maybe he's trying to tell you you're loved. I don't know what it is, but could we do this? Could we just, for 60 seconds, be completely quiet and still? It's uncomfortable. I'm trying to prep you. We don't like silence. I told you we're addicted to distraction. Love to have music. Love to have something. Love to... We're just going to be still. And I challenge you, just pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to know? 60 seconds, do that now.
the band's going to get ready to play this song. I just want to encourage you, stay in this moment, pray, reflect on the songs, lyrics, and continue to ask God what he wants you to know. Let me pray for us. God, you are gracious to us. You love us. Even when we deliberately walk away from you, you pursue us with your love. God, we're addicted to so many things that pull us away from you. And tonight, we just confess. God, we want to come back to you. God, we want you to stir within us. God, I pray that you would just move within us through the power of your spirit. Give us an awareness of the step that you desire us to take. God, not even just for these students, I pray for my own heart, for these adults, would you speak to us? Would you move within us? God, we love you and thank you so much for the love that you've demonstrated in your son, Jesus. We make this prayer in his name.